This is my Bible. It is the Word of God and the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am. I'm seated right now in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus, the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine. And I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive. As I'm taught the Word of God, my life is changed for the better. And I will never be the same again. Amen. May be seated. And today we're picking up right where we left off in the Gospels last Sunday. We're walking through the Gospels. And then later, eventually, we'll get to the book of Acts, looking at the miracles of the New Testament, discovering the patterns and the principles and learning how to apply those patterns and those principles to our lives. Last Sunday, we learned about the healing of Peter's mother-in-law. Mark, which Peter dictated to John Mark, Mark tells us that Jesus took her hand and he helped her up. Matthew tells us that Jesus touched her hand and the fever left her. And Luke tells us that Jesus rebuked the fever and it left her. And they all had it right. They recorded what happened according to their own recollection. Or in Luke's case, he recorded what eyewitnesses reported to him. Jesus touched her hand. He rebuked the fever it left her body, and then Jesus helped her up. And what happened next? The townspeople had heard that Jesus was home in Capernaum. Matthew 8, beginning in verse 16, when evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him, to Jesus, and he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. Now, I'm young, and I'm all for technology, but it's good to have a Bible that you read. It's good to have a Bible that you study from. It's good to have a Bible that's yours, your name on it, your name in it. It's good to have a Bible that you bring to church with you for many reasons, but one reason is there are things that you need to see in the Word of God for yourself. And we come to one of those things right here. Matthew 8 and verse 16. Jesus healed how many of the sick? He healed all the sick. And so if you brought your Bible today, you're like, oh, I've got to get online and order one or go to Mardell's this week and get me one. In your Bible, I would encourage you to underline that, highlight that, circle that, and star that. There are things that we have to see in the Word of God for ourselves, and this is one of them, that it is our Heavenly Father's will that we be healed. And one of the ways in which He revealed who He is and his will is in the ministry of Jesus. And in the ministry of Jesus, we see repeatedly, he healed all the sick. He healed all the sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and carried our diseases. In Mark's gospel, we have Peter's recollection. Mark 1, beginning in verse 32, that evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick, and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door, 
And Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons. But he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. So Matthew tells us that Jesus healed all the sick. Mark tells us that the people brought to Jesus all who were in need. And many devils were cast out and many people were healed. And in Luke's gospel, which is based on his research of eyewitnesses, Luke 4, beginning in verse 40, Luke writes, when the sun was setting, the people brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sickness, and laying his hands on each one, he healed them. Moreover, demons came out of many people shouting, you are the son of God. But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak because they knew he was the Christ, the Messiah. At daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place. The people were looking for him. And when they came to where he was, they tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because that is why I was sent. And he kept on preaching in the synagogues of Judea. Now let's deal with the patterns and the principles that we see in these passages. First, crowds gather when Jesus is present. Crowds gather when Jesus is present in the house. Today, Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. And in his absence on planet Earth, Jesus does his work today by his Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. The one that is here, the one that is with us is the Holy Spirit. And Jesus does his work on the earth today through his Spirit, the Holy Spirit. So it's so important that we all do a better job of when we gather, not just being on time, but early, and when we gather that we, we worship the Lord with all our heart, with all our strength, with all our mind, and in doing that, we usher in the presence of the Lord and the presence of his spirit. And I rehearsed to you before the message that in the Old Testament, the Lord told his people, the Old Covenant, he told his people, worship me and I will take sickness and disease away from your midst. You know, before Christmas, Emily was having a challenging time and running a high fever. And, you know, again, we, we had done what we could do. And so Jessica said, let's just put some worship music on and us as a family praise and worship God. And it's amazing how as we did that over 10, 15, and 20 minutes, her, her fever kept clicking down degree by degree by degree. The Lord says, worship me and I will take sickness and disease away from your midst. And so we, we usher in his presence with our worship. And, and our worship, it also prepares us to hear the word of God. Our worship prepares us, our hearts, to receive the word. And let's all do a better job of inviting the lost and the sick and the hurting. Our heavenly father wants to work. Jesus wants to work. And the Holy Spirit wants to work, and he wants to work in our lives. He wants to work through our lives as we're out and about during the week, and he wants to work here in our services when we gather together. So when we gather, let's usher in the presence of the Lord by worshiping him with all our heart, with all our mind, and all our strength. And as we do that, the Lord will do his work among us by his spirit. We worship him. We worship him, and he takes 
sickness and disease away from our midst. So tell me how worship is not important. It is. And I know that it's good to be informed, but if you have a commute, you have a time you drive in the morning, the evening, you ought to use that time to worship the Lord. You ought to use that time to listen to faith-filled sermons. Amen? No, no, no point being discouraged by all that the government's doing or all that's going on in the world. Amen? No, no point hearing opinions about this and opinions about that or opinions about sports things that don't matter. Use that time productively to hear the word or to worship the Lord. Number two, Jesus set people free from evil spirits with a word, a word of command, a word of authority. Casting out demons and setting people free, as we've learned, it's a matter of authority, not, not magic, not witchcraft, not voodoo, not emotionalism. It is a matter of authority. And Jesus gave us the authority. Luke 10, 19, he said, I have given you authority, exousia, to trample on snakes and scorpions to overcome all the power of the enemy. And he said, nothing will harm you. Well, we gotta live like that and act like that and not be afraid of anything the enemy's doing. Number three, it is God's will to heal all the sick. And again, I, I encourage you, you need to have your own Bible that you read, that you study from, that you carry with you to church. And then if you have children, that's a, the right example to set for your children, that you study the Word of God, you spend time in the Word of God, that the Word of God is important to you, that you carry your Bible to church. It's good for them to see. And as I said, and as an example is in Matthew 8 and verse 16, there are things that you need to see in the Word of God with your own eyeballs. And one of them is the fact that it is our Heavenly Father's will to heal all the sick. Now see right there, somebody might have a problem with that or an issue with that. You know, it's funny how I get an email. Well, Austin, I, I disagree, and these are the reasons why. See, my, my job as a minister of the gospel is to fill your heart with faith, to not fill your heart with doubt and unbelief. And see, somebody might say, well, Austin, what about this situation or that situation? Well, this is why we base what we believe off the word of God. Because in any given situation, you don't know someone's heart. You don't know their level of faith. You don't know what they are or are not believing God for. Jesus said, according to your faith, will it be done unto you? And maybe they heard some argument in a person say, well, what about this? And what about that? And what about this person? And may maybe they're trying to believe God. But some person along the way or some minister along the way filled their heart with doubt and unbelief. You've heard my father and I say all the time that we have to learn how faith works and exercise our faith daily on the small things of life so that when there is a challenge or when there is a mountain, we know how to believe God. And speaking of experience, yes, I've seen believers and then they go to the doctor, they get some terrible report and without even going to the Lord, they head down some road where they do everything a doctor or doctors say, they let them cut on them they let them radiate their body. They let them fill their body with all kinds of treatments, which in some cases are just poison. And then they get to the point where they say, well, there's nothing else we can do. You have so many months, you have so many weeks to live. 
And then I've seen people try and believe God at that point. But many times people are so weak and so discouraged and so tired. I've seen situations where you, you've talked to them and encouraged them and they, they simply want to go home to be with the Lord. And our Heavenly Father, he will, he will honor them. Again, according to your faith, will it be done unto you. So there are certain things that you need to see in the Word of God for yourself. Number three, it is God's will to heal all the sick. Look at Matthew 8, 16 and 17 again. When evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him. He drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and carried our diseases. And again, somebody might say, well, what about this or what about that? That's why you can't take my word for it. You got to open the Bible for yourself. Got to do that daily Bible reading and find the answers to the questions that you have. When Jesus was in his hometown of Nazareth, where he grew up, they, the people were familiar with him. They didn't honor him. And he said on that occasion, a prophet is without honor in his hometown. And the gospels say that he was unable to do any mighty works there, not because it was the will of God, but because of their unbelief. I know that. I believe that. But see, you, you got to crack the Bible open for yourself and read it with your own two eyeballs to where you see it. And you not just see it and know it here in your mind, but you believe it in your heart. And that's what will enable you to have faith and believe God. He drove out the spirits with the word and healed all the sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities. He carried our diseases. So number four, Jesus took up our infirmities. He carried our diseases. The work is done. It is finished. He took up our infirmities and carried our diseases. Here, Matthew quotes the prophet Isaiah, affirming that healing is a part of the atonement. Isaiah 53, beginning in verse 4, says, Surely he hath borne our griefs. Now, the way that this is translated in English, it, it reads like, Well, so-and-so hurt my feelings, and Jesus carried my griefs, which actually might be very appealing in 2023, because so many people seem to have hurt feelings. But the word is koli in the Hebrew, which actually means sicknesses, diseases, or infirmities. Surely he hath borne our sicknesses. Surely he hath borne our diseases. Surely he hath borne our infirmities and carried our, our sorrows. And again, this is translated in such a way, you might read that and think, so-and-so hurt my feelings, another person hurt my feelings. I smiled at them. They didn't smile at me. Today's just not my day. But the word there for sorrows is the Hebrew word macabre, which means pain, both physical and mental. Every kind of pain. So surely he hath borne our sicknesses or our diseases, our infirmities, and carried our pain. So he, he carried it. And if he carried it, I don't have to carry it. Yet we did esteem him stricken smitten of God and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions, our violation of God's commands. He was wounded for our sin, our wrongdoing. He was bruised for our iniquities, that's our sin, or our guilt. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are 
healed. Now notice, even under the old covenant, before Christ came, before he was born of a woman, even under the old covenant, healing was the will of God. And even under the old covenant, healing was a present tense reality. With his stripes we are healed. And that's an old covenant truth. Matthew quotes Isaiah 53 in the context of Jesus healing the sick. So Matthew affirms, what is an honest interpretation of the word of God? Healing is a part of the atonement. And Matthew affirms that. Matthew confirms it. And the gospels in the New Testament clearly testify to the gospel fact that healing is a part of the atonement. Healing is a part of the new covenant. Jesus went to the cross, spirit, soul, and body, to pay the price for us, spirit, soul, and body. And redemption redeems us spirit, soul, and body. The entirety of our being, the entirety of our lives, he paid the price. Our salvation is complete and total. And I'll give you a short example of this. In the book of Acts, in Acts 14, Paul was preaching the gospel. It says in Lystra, there sat a man crippled in his feet who was lame from birth and never walked. He listened to Paul as he was speaking. Paul looked directly at him and saw that he had faith to be healed and called out, stand up on your feet. At that, the man jumped up and began to walk. Now, because of the context and because of what happens, translators trans translate that as Paul saw that the man had faith to be healed. But that's not what Luke wrote. Luke wrote that Paul saw the man had faith to be saved. Well, what does that tell us? It tells us that salvation, it, it includes the forgiveness of our sins and our right standing with God, but it includes so much more. It includes the healing of our physical, mortal bodies. Paul was preaching. Faith rose up in that man's heart. Paul, Luke literally wrote, Paul saw the man had faith to be saved. But his faith in God didn't just cover his salvation. It covered the healing of his physical, mortal body. Our heavenly father, his will is that we be healed. His will is that we be well. Healing is in the atonement. Healing is God's will. Healing as Matthew 15 verse 26 tells us, it is the children's bread. Healing belongs to us, and divine health is God's best. Jesus bore, he carried our sicknesses, as Isaiah 53 and verse 4 says. So there's no need for us to carry it. If he paid the price, I don't need to pay the price. If he carried it, I don't need to carry it. If he suffered with it on my behalf, I don't need to suffer with it. He carried it. Surely he hath borne our sicknesses, our diseases, our infirmities, and carried our, not, not just our, our sadness, not just our hurts, he carried our pain. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Say, say this, say, I am healed. Now that's an old covenant truth. That's an Old Testament truth. And in Christ Jesus, we have a better covenant with a superior high priest with better promises.
Jesus bore away our sicknesses, our diseases, and our infirmities. And he carried our pains, every kind of pain. The word born means to lift up, to take away, to remove to a distance. Jesus has borne our sicknesses away from us to a distance, meaning they're, they're away from us. It's not a part of me. It's not a part of my life anymore. And this word for born, B-O-R-N-E, born is a Levitical word applied to the scapegoat that bore away the sins of the people. It's the same word used in Leviticus 16 and verse 22. The goat shall bear on itself all their iniquities to an uninhabited land. He shall release the goat in the wilderness. And so under the old covenant, again, as a type and foreshadow of Christ, under the old covenant, what the high priest would do is he would lay his hands upon the scapegoat. And by faith, he would confer or transfer the sins of the people, the sins and iniquities of Israel. He would transfer that to the goat. And then the goat would then be taken out into uninhabited land and turned loose away from the people in the wilderness. And just as that goat bore away the sins of Israel, Jesus has borne away our sins. And Jesus has borne away our sicknesses and our diseases. Now in the Gospels, when Jesus healed the crippled man, said, get up, take your mat, and go home. The religious leaders criticized that. And Jesus, by the Spirit of God, knew what they were thinking. And again, their, their grievance was that he was doing good in the lives of people on the Sabbath. But he said to them, which is easier, to say to the man, your sins are forgiven, or to say to the man, get up, pick up your mat, and go home. And he says, so that you may know the Son of Man has authority. Here is it all. Forgiveness of sins and the healing of this man's body. Now, we've reversed things today from the Pharisees and the religious leaders in Jesus' day. Because today, so many of God's people have no trouble believing that in Christ, our sins are forgiven. But too many of God's people have trouble believing God that in Christ, he, just as he bore away our sins, in Christ he bore away our sicknesses and our diseases. They're paid for, they don't belong to us, they don't have any right or place or authority in our lives, and we don't have to put up with it. We don't have to tolerate. But just as it is, just as he paid the price and has forgiven us, so too did he pay the price that we would be well in our bodies. And just as you can believe God so easily to be forgiven, to be saved, just that easy can you believe God to be healed in your body. Faith to be saved is no different than faith to be healed. And it's all included in the atonement. You know, if you went to the car dealership and they said, you know what, it's the end of January, have we got a deal for you? You thought you could buy this model, but now you can get the extra nice, super duper special model, fully loaded, all the features for the same price as the cheaper one. You, you ought to say, my name's Jimmy and I'll take all you give me. But it would be ridiculous if you said, no, take those special wheels off. I, I don't want those special wheels and tires. 
What's the cheapest option you got? It, it would be ridiculous if you said, you know what? It's got a, that nice LED screen in there. I don't want that. I, I want you to take that out and put my cassette tech in that car. And you know what? It's air conditioning, and it's got air conditioning. It's hot in Texas, but I don't need that. I don't want that. that that'd be crazy. You'd be a fool. Well, in Christ Jesus, there are so many benefits that are available to us. And praise God, one of those benefits is the forgiveness of our sins, not just being forgiven, but literally remitted, canceled out as if they never took place. But another one of those benefits is the healing of our physical bodies. And Jesus bore our sicknesses and our diseases. And if he bore it, if he carried it, you and I don't have to. And praise God for it. Amen. Well, Austin, I wonder if Isaiah 53 is about more than the forgiveness of sins. I wonder, Austin, if healing is in the atonement. Well, praise God, Matthew gives us the answer. Matthew 8, verse 16, when evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to Jesus. He drove out the spirits with the word and healed how many of the sick? All. And just so we couldn't mess it up, in doubt or unbelief or religiosity. Matthew was then inspired by the Holy Spirit to write, this was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and he carried our diseases. So you gotta get these truths from God's word into your own heart. And that's why, as I said, you gotta get your own Bible. You gotta have them put your name on it, your name in it, gotta read it, gotta study it, got to see these things for yourself and not just come to know them, but get them deposited down into your heart. When you get the truths of God's word deposited down into your heart and then you believe, that's when the good things of God will come. That's when healing will come. And part of that is you got to get past the doubt and the unbelief and you got to get past the mind and trying to figure out everything with the mind. You have to renew your mind to the word of God. That's why Paul prayed in his Ephesian prayers for the believers at Ephesus, that the eyes of their hearts would be enlightened, that they would know, that they would know the hope to which they had been called, the riches of their glorious inheritance. Well, if there's an inheritance, I want all of it. If there's an inheritance, I want everything that that includes. This is why the Lord told Joshua in Joshua 1.8 that we have to meditate on the word of God day and night, why? Well, you, you hear the word on Sunday, but Satan will line up somebody on Monday to discourage you. Or Satan will line up some believer to say, did God really say? Or a minister to say, did God really say? And see, what happens is that sows doubt and unbelief into the hearts of God's people. Then when they face a mountain, they have trouble believing God. But if you do a search, who said did God really say? You'll find the answer in Genesis. And no, it wasn't the Lord. It wasn't Adam or Eve. It was Satan speaking through the serpent. So you, you might, might leave this week and say, praise God, Jesus healed all the sick. And Matthew says, this is to affirm what Isaiah says in Isaiah 53. But somebody might say, did God really say? But see, that's not the Lord. And this is why we have to continually renew our minds to the word of God. 
We have to continually meditate on the Word of God day and night. Sin and sickness passed from us to Jesus at Calvary. And at Calvary, salvation and health passed from Jesus to us. Praise God for it. You might say, Austin, that, that, that's wonderful. And, and I don't feel like I deserve it. We don't. And that's why it's by grace. And that's why it's by faith. Praise God. Amen. At Calvary, our sins and our sicknesses and our diseases, they passed from us to Jesus at Calvary. And at Calvary, salvation and healing passed from Jesus to us. It, it belongs to us. It is ours. What we're to do is to walk in it. Praise God. No matter what you might face, no matter the circumstance or the situation, the question to ask yourself is, what does the Bible say? Could be financial. What does the Bible say? Could be a situation regarding parenting or discipline. What does the Bible say? Maybe in what you do or where you work, you're, you're faced with an ethical or moral quandary. What does the Bible say? Maybe you're facing a fight of faith in your physical body. The question to ask is, what does the Bible say? And what does the Bible say about healing? Matthew 8 and verse 17 says, Jesus took up our infirmities and he carried away our diseases. He took up my infirmities and he carried away my diseases. Why don't we say that? Say, he took up my infirmities and he, he carried away my diseases. Well, if it's been carried away, you don't have it anymore. We had some work done at the house this past week and you know, we try and always do things nice and in the way of the work they were doing, we had our old direct TV dish which was set in concrete and they said, well, we've got to remove that to do the work we need to do. So I said, that's fine. And then I said, can you take it with you? I, I don't want it. I'm not going to take it in the house. I I'm not going to put it in a closet in case we might need it five years from now. It's old. It's old. I don't want it. So they, they carried it away, which means it's not my problem anymore. Believe in God, they'll rightfully dispose of that in the right place. Amen. It's not mine. It's not mine anymore. It has been carried away. When, you're, when your body sheds skin or, or cells, you don't try and super glue that back. When you, you clip your fingernails or toenails, you, don't, you throw all that away. He has carried away our sicknesses and our diseases. You know, Jessica will tell you, I don't go to car dealerships. If I go, I want to get something, and the way to avoid that is just don't go. And when you go to get a car serviced, stay in the service department. Don't, 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 don't go to the bathrooms by the showroom, because if you don't go over there, you won't see the new and nice stuff. But there is nothing more wonderful than taking an old car and trading it in for a new car. Amen. And I, I'm not sentimental at all. See you later, because the new is always better. And isn't it a wonderful happy day when they take that old car off your hands? And you know, we were driving back from Dallas yesterday and my mom gave Ju Julia her phone to look at, which was not a good idea. 
because then Julia threw up a little bit in the back seat. And I reminded my mom, you know, I remember when my dad was driving and Christina threw up in the back seat of his car once and that, that was a reason to get a new one. Amen. <laughs> that car had been contaminated. <laughs> but whatever the year, whatever the mileage, when they take the old away, you don't want it back because you're glad to have what is now yours. And in the same way, Jesus has taken away. He has carried away. He has borne away our sicknesses and our diseases. They're not mine. They're not yours. They're not ours. They have nothing to do with us. Who himself, 1 Peter 2.24, Peter quotes Isaiah in the New Testament, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we having died to sins might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Now, Isaiah writes this in the present tense. Peter, when he quotes it in the New Testament, quotes it in the past tense, that we, past tense, have been healed by the stripes, by the wounds of Jesus. These are settled facts. These are faith facts. That's what God says about our situation. Jesus has taken up our infirmities. He has carried away our diseases. The Bible says, the faith fact is, we have already been healed by the wounds of Jesus. Say this, say, healing belongs to me. Say it again, say, healing belongs to me. Say, I agree with God. Say, I agree with the word of God. Say, I'm not trying to get healed. Say, not only am I healed. Say, I have been past tense. Healed by the wounds of Jesus, by the stripes of Jesus. Now, now let's just take a moment and lift our hands and praise our Heavenly Father for what Jesus did on the cross for us. Say, say this, say, thank you, Heavenly Father, that in Christ Jesus, not only have I been forgiven, not only have my sins been canceled out, I thank you. That in Christ Jesus, my sicknesses and every disease, it has been carried away. It has been borne away. It's not mine. And so I thank you that I have been healed by the wounds of Jesus. I thank you that healing is the children's bread. I thank you that healing belongs to me. I thank you for healing me. And in the name of Jesus, I believe I receive my healing. And now we'll say this, say, Satan, you take your hands off my body in Jesus' name. And I command pain to go now in Jesus' name. And I command every physical problem or challenge to go now in Jesus' name. And I command every symptom to be gone now in Jesus' name. I receive what's mine. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for healing me. I thank you that I have been healed by the wounds of Jesus. It's ours. It's ours. It's ours. 
And just, I know we're not preaching on that passage today. I'm getting, I'm getting ahead. And just as you have had no trouble when you walked an aisle, when you prayed a prayer, believing your sins were forgiven, washed away, removed from your life, that you were saved, you're part of the family of God, we ought to not have any trouble believing that our Heavenly Father, He is our healer. He wants us well. He wants us well so much. He sent Jesus to the cross, not just so that we would be forgiven, but so that we would be healed in our bodies. And it is done. It is finished. From God's perspective, we are healed. And from His perspective, we have been healed. And it is ours. And it is ours in Christ. Amen. I hope the message today was a blessing and encouragement to you. Please bow your heads. You might be here today and perhaps you have never asked Jesus into your heart. You're not yet a part of the family of God. You might say, Austin, I've heard you talk about how wonderful God is. And, and the wonderful things he wants to do in my life and in my home and in my family. It all begins by becoming a part of the family of God. There's only one way to do that. It's by repenting of your sins and asking Jesus Christ to be the Lord and the Savior of your life. This world that we live in, it'll tell you, it'll lie, it'll tell you that there are many paths to God. That's a lie. Jesus said, I said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. This world that we live in, it'll lie and tell you that if you're just kind of good enough, that that is sufficient, that you'll, you'll be fine, you'll be in heaven someday. The Bible says that we've all sinned. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. We are all in need of a Savior, and his name is Jesus. He said that anyone that comes to him, he would not cast out. He would not turn away. He's standing at the door of your life. He, he's knocking, but you, you have to open the door. You have to ask him to come in, to fellowship with you, to be a part of your life. You have to say, save me. Save me. If you're here today and say, Austin, I, I've never done that, but I want to. I want to be a part of the family of God. I want to ask Jesus into my heart. That's you this morning, wherever you're seated, raise your hand, raise it up high to where I'll see it and I'll know. You want me to pray with you? Say, Austin, pray with me. I want to ask Jesus to be the Lord and to be the Savior in my life. You might also be here today at a time in your life, you prayed a prayer, you walked an aisle, but you know in your heart, not been living for God. You've been doing your own thing and you have paid the price. And maybe, maybe there was something that happened or something that happened in the life of someone you knew and you got bitter at God. Friend, that's why we have to live our lives based on the Word of God. But I bring you good news. His mercies are new every morning. As I read in that testimony today, as pastor encouraged that man, our, our Heavenly Father, He specializes in restoring the years that have been wasted. He is so good. He is so loving. He is so merciful. If we will simply come to him. 1 John 1 and verse 9 tells us that if we 
confess our sins, he's faithful, he's just, to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you're here today and say, Austin, that's me. Pray with me. I want to recommit my life. I want to make things right with the Lord before I go today. If that's you, wherever you're seated, raise your hand up high to where I'll sit and I'll know. You want me to pray with say, Austin? Pray with me. I want to make things right with the Lord before I go. Well, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word that it's gone forth as a seed planted into good ground. You might be watching or listening online now or later. Say, Austin, pray with me. Pray this simple prayer. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I repent of my sins and I ask Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. Thank you for setting me free of anything that would hinder me in living for you. I give you my life in Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer watching or listening online now or later, we want to be a blessing to you. If you go to the address on the screen, you can let us know if you need a Bible. We'll send you a Bible in English or in Spanish. And we'll also send you another gift to be a blessing. And that's a short book written by my father, our senior pastor called God's Very Own Child. It's short, won't take you too long to read, no more than an hour, but it'll help you get started in living this new life for God. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are a healer. I thank you that you are Jehovah Rapha. And I thank you that over 2023, as we gather together to worship you, I thank you for taking sickness and disease away from our midst. I thank you that throughout this year, as we are mindful of you and mindful of your kingdom and mindful of men and women coming to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, I thank you that as we invite and bring people, I thank you for your, your power being present by the Holy Spirit for the healing of the sick. And I thank you. I thank you, it says, of your children under the old covenant that there were no sick and needy among them. It says of your children in the book of Acts, there were no sick, there were no needy among them. I thank you for that being true of us in 2023. I thank you for there being no needy among us. I thank you for there being no sick among us. I thank you when people in the world are full of fear. I thank you that you have enabled us to be full of faith. And I thank you that part of our witness, part of our testimony is that we are healthy and we are strong and we are in good health. In Jesus' name, amen. The Lord, he is good, amen? He loves you. He's for you. He wants to do wonderful things in your life. So don't let anyone say, did God really say? When Satan showed up to tempt the Lord, to each of the temptations, Jesus responded with the word. He says, he said, it is written. And so when someone says, did God really say? The right answer is, yes, my heavenly father, he did really say, and he really is doing in my life what he has said. Amen. Praise God. Well, great things are ahead this year.